This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'd, I'll, I'll never go back. Uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. Yeah. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Happy New Year, and welcome into a hungover edition of Horsepower Happenings, or maybe just treating the hair of the dog. I don't know. We'll check in on Rich coming up in just a moment. But first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. After collecting his first Midwest Modified Stewart title in 2022, Walt Obrinsky Jr. isn't taking much time off. He'll be headed down to New Smyrna for the World Series during Florida Speed Weeks. We'll be piloting a Travis Eddy prepared modified during his trek down south. I see they just got the body completed on that car today. Nothing like waiting until the last minute to get it ready to go, uh, but they're going to be ready to go down there. Speaking of Midwest Modified Stewart and Modified Racing, the registration is now open for the June Racing for Miracles event at Bertrand Speedway. That was announced earlier today that registration is open. They've also released rules for the event today, and uh, that is available on Facebook and many other outlets. A back-and-forth battle to determine who would win the 55-lap Outlaw Division feature during the Tulsa shootout. Saw Emerson Axum find victory lane. There's a name that's going to be uh, in your household in the coming years. It was Axum's third overall Golden Driller and second in the Premier Outlaw Division. Finally, 14 drivers have now registered to chase the 2023 World of Outlaws Case Construction Late Model Series Championship, led by defending champion Dennis Herb Jr., four-time champ Brandon Shepard, Chris Madden, Tanner English, and Nick Hoffman will lead the contingent. They will begin an 11-month, 53-race grind January 18th through the 21st when the series opens at the 2023 season at Volusia Speedway Park during the Sunshine Nationals. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, what did you do? Anything? I, I stayed out of jail and stayed out of the limelight, so that was a successful uh, New Year's weekend for me. How about you? Well, I, I did Well, I did one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're here tonight. That's all that matters, my friend. Yep, yep, yep. No, I d didn't do as well gambling as I thought when gambling with some friends. So, oh. And then made, uh, made it home kind of... In time to do the show. Yeah, got 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 yeah, got back in time to the show. Kind of <laughs> relaxed, kind of relaxed. So that then uh, went back out and with friends and watched the Lions game yesterday. All right, which got me back in a better mood. That's but, right. Uh, Monday and it's horsepower happenings, ready to go. Let's do this. Hey, uh, one of the things going on over the weekend, neither one of us could attend because we would rather get our feelings hurt watching Big Ten football. Uh, was the Rumble down in Fort Wayne? Yeah, Zach, uh, in our region, if you're a race fan, the 24th Rumble in Fort Wayne, uh, headlined by the National Midgets, may have been part of the weekend plans. On Friday, Mario Clauser uh, led the first 33 laps of the headline 50-lap event. 12-time winner Stone Tony Stewart would work by Clauser with uh, 17 
remaining, but with nine to go, Stewart would spin while leading with second place running Billy Weiss coming to a stop in the melee. This would give the lead back to Clouser, who would close out the remaining nine laps and find victory lane. It would be Clouser's first ever Rumble win. Uh, and Rumble rookie uh, Thomas Schrager and Brian Knuckles would complete the podium on Friday. Then it was on to Saturday in the finale, and it appeared that uh, Joe Liguori would finally break through and capture his first Rumble win. But bad luck struck for Liguori on lap 26, getting caught up in an incident between Clouser and Sean Bonar. Uh, Nick Hamilton would be the beneficiary and find himself on the point. Hamilton would lead the remaining 24 laps and hold off a charging Cap Henry in the process to secure his second career Rumble win. Uh, the runner-up finish for Henry was his best finish in his eight Rumble starts. Charlie Schultz would complete the podium. The term uh, off-season, Rich, merely a suggestion to the five World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series stars who are ditching the frigid American winter for some fun in the Australian sun over the next month from New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, Western Australia to Southern Australia. Aussies all across the land will be treated to spectacular showings of the largest crop of Americans in several years, taking on the countrymen in their most anticipated races, led by native Aussie James McFadden, four-time and defending World of Outlaws sprint car champion Brad Sweet, the big cat, and Carson Macedo, Brock Zierfoss, Sheldon Hosenshield will make the trip down under. Following their travels, the 2023 World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series champion uh, campaign rather begins at Volusia Speedway Park in Barberville, Florida with the 52nd Dirt Car Nationals February 9th through 11th. It's one of the places, Rich, I've always wanted to go uh, is Australia. And then reason number two, just because I wanted to go to Australia, uh, maybe to, like, box a kangaroo or something. And then number two, <laughs> I'd love to see some of these guys down in action uh, down under down in Australia. I know they put on a heck of a show down there. Yeah, we, we've seen some of the video uh, from down there. I think uh, the racetracks are so unique. They're flat and kind of narrow, and uh, they make you work for it. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. It seems that we'll have to keep track of that and see how they do. I'm sure uh, I'm sure there'll be some highlights coming out and, and being posted when they get down there. But they'll be bound down there for a better part of a month, from what I understand. For sure. Yeah, should be good. Man, Zach, uh, a surprising announcement this weekend uh, uh, came on Friday as is Dean and Lynette Wilkerson announced that they will not be returning in 2023 as promoters of the Winston Speedway. And with no successor announced, it begs the question, Zach, what will be the fate of Winston Speedway in 2023? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, their post said that they're going to let it go back. And I don't know what that means uh, to let something go back, uh, but I definitely think that it leads to uh, the conclusion that probably Winston Speedway will not operate in 2023 because before they stepped in, Winston Speedway was unoperational. Uh, you know, we had Tom Sprague, who uh, who was is, was uh, running Thunderbird and Winston, and, uh, you know, decided he didn't want to do that anymore and wanted to focus on Thunderbird. And so then, uh, you know, Dean and Lynette stepped up, and they put a lot of time and effort into the place. And uh, I thought they did a lot of great things for that racetrack. We'd been there a couple of times under their direction, and it was a really fun racetrack. It, it, they brought the Great Lakes Super Sprints in last year and put on a heck of a show, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, they did some great stuff with late model racing and modified racing. So I'm not sure. And then when you hear this other news out of the region, that Thunderbird Raceway is now under new ownership. Mike Blackmer has elected to 
it's kind of a weird deal. Did he sell it back to Tom Sprague? Kind of. Uh, but Tom is not going to be running the deal. This is now going to be Thunderbird Raceway under the direction of lifelong fans who wanted a chance to try to do something. Jeff and Heidi uh, lost their last name here. Jeff and Heidi uh, Morell are going to take a swing at track promoting, and uh, they're going to do that to, under the help of Tom Sprague. So now you kind of wonder, Tom buys buys back Thunderbird, but it's kind of a handover to Jeff and Heidi. If going, if giving it back for Wilk, or for the Wilkerson's in Winchester and uh, Winston Speedway means giving it back to Tom Sprague, do we maybe see him trying to promote that racetrack a little bit? I, I don't know. This is all speculation and hearsay. Uh, but today's news, which broke just before we went on here about Thunderbird, definitely starts to uh, make you wonder, you know, will 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 we get to see Winston in operation at all this, this season? I really don't know. Yeah, Thunderbird, I think, is probably, um, you know, according to the press release, pretty more straightforward. Uh, you know, it sounds like Tom Sprague bought it back and is giving it to, to, to them to to go ahead and run. Now I'm sure they will lean on Tom for some advice uh, here and there, but uh, I, I don't know that uh, I would not expect because Tom is giving them the reins of the racetrack to have him having much involvement in it whatsoever. Yeah. I don't, you know, like you said, uh, probably leans on him for some questions and you know, what do you do in this situation and how do we handle this? And you know, uh, things of that nature, but I don't know, and, and and again, the wording from the Wilkerson's about letting the track go back, uh, you know, they're going to let it go back. Uh, what does that mean? Who does, who does it go back to? Does it go back to Tom? And does Tom want to do something with it? Uh, there's just a lot of question marks right now as far as that's concerned. And I think you got to have a lot of question marks for Thunderbird Raceway. Now another season, uh, two consecutive seasons now under different promotership. Uh, so you start to kind of wonder about that place now a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I know that that's a really fun racetrack. They have excuse me, they have great fan and, and race car support, so I think they'll be just fine, but, I mean, how many years can you have turnover before you really start to get nervous? Yeah, we, I mean, one of the one of the announcements is three days old, and the other one's just a couple hours old earlier tonight, so um, we'll have to see. Zach won uh, Winston, or, uh, the Thunderbird information awfully new. I'm sure over the next week or two, we'll hear a whole lot more. All right, let's take a look at some other things going around around uh, our region. Kyle Crump announced that he would no longer be behind the wheel of the Stan and Judy Rosen, number 131, in 2023. He confirmed that he will continue to be behind the wheel of the Crosstown Motorsports, number 50. That schedule should be released over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, Rich, I want to get your thoughts when this was announced uh, just, you know, right before the end of the year. Um, I think that I kind of took a step back and then I went, well, he did tell us the last time he was on that they were really going to try to build up that number 50 machine. So uh, how much of a surprise was this announcement to you? Uh, it was a big surprise to me. Um, you know, I, Stan and Judy have been very good to Kyle Crump over the years. And, um, you know, they, I don't know how many more years they want to continue fielding uh, a race car. You know, they, they already get the heck out of here during the wintertime and, and they don't run late in the year. Uh, maybe Crosstown wants to do more of that. We saw them, uh, you know, down there at the at Nashville for the All-American 400. So maybe they want to do some later races where where that's what interests Kyle. But uh, no, I didn't see it coming. Caught me by surprise. And, uh, you know, you can you can kind of imagine when you get when you're a driver for two teams like that, um, it can kind of make your time thin. You know, it, it can really, um, really restrict the time you have to yourself. And I think we all need to time time to ourselves to do things we want to do 
So, uh, you know, Kyle made the decision and which one stays and which one has to go, you know, which one has to go and which one stays. And Zach, uh, on the phone lines now, we have the gentleman who broke that news on Friday. Um, had to get him on to find out what's going on. He always comes on. He's very good to us. Kyle Crump, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, you did this on Friday. You had you had a post. I don't, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Um, not like you're out of a ride, but kind of tell me what, uh, how this all went down. You're not running for president. You're not running for office or governor. <laughs> so, so tell us what the real deal is and on how this all went down. Yeah, kind of just, uh, I had multiple situations going on with different rides and everything. And, uh, you know, racing doesn't pay the bills and I got a full-time job and everything now. So it's a little difficult to take all the time off to run all these races and everything. So kind of made a, a very hard decision of, you know, just focusing on going for less races in a year, more, more crown jewels. And then, uh, obviously being able to hand it over to someone very deserving, uh, also made me really happy and hopefully they can have some good success as well. So this was all your decision. You had a come to Jesus meeting with yourself on what you wanted to do, uh, in 2023. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it'd, it'd be nice if I just uh, didn't have to have a job or anything and I could just take <laughs> a, you know, go spend a, a, a random Wednesday testing and then go race the race here or there. But, uh, you know, as I said, racing doesn't pay the bills. So you got to kind of figure out your priorities and live life. <laughs> well, we talked to you not long ago and you talked about, uh, you know, this, this, uh, the, the, the 50 car and kind of how they were building this team. Uh, with your help, right? They wanted to become a top-notch late-model team, and they had decided that you were going to be the driver that was going to help make them do that. Um, does it help you now to be able to focus more on getting them, you know, where they need to be with that 50 machine and, and kind of get that program to where you guys can win races and not have to think about it? Yeah, that was a large majority of my decision because uh, with the news of the Stars Tour, uh, or the ASA Stars Tour uh, coming out with the pretty much capping all the crown jewel races of the big three late model series. And with Crosstown, they're going to be able to hit um, a majority of those up, and that'll take up most of my time. So, you know, that's kind of the avenue I wanted to go. I really think this ASA Stars Tour could be a, a big deal. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to turn out as well as everyone is hoping. Well, you uh, you teased it. You mentioned that with that ride open with Stan and Judy, you were happy to uh, to kind of understand what route they were going to go with that. So uh, it's our pleasure now to welcome in the other guy uh, that's going to be a part of this equation tonight, and that's uh, former Glass City 200 winner uh, Blake Rowe is on the show as well tonight. Blake, good evening. Welcome in. Hey guys, come on. Hey, so let's Thanks talk. Let's talk about this, right? I mean, you. We've talked in the past. You have a great relationship with Kyle. Uh, you know, you help spot for him, and and you know, you've worked with him on this 131 car, and then of course you you're doing your own thing uh, behind the wheel of your own late model here and there. Uh, talk to me about how this went on your end, where Kyle kind of s- slips out, and uh, you kind of realize, uh, or maybe they come to you, or, or he helps you get in this seat. What does that look like? How does that puzzle piece change over so uh, so flawlessly? Well, I mean, you kind of hit on it there. I, I've worked with Kyle and, and Stan and Judy and the whole 131 group for a long time, um, and we've been trying to build a little bit of a late model program ourselves, but it's obviously a big task to do. Um, and, you know, with, with Kyle's uh, situations and life changing a little bit for him, he had 
come to me and ask if I'd have any interest in, in um, filling the seat for Stan Judy. I know he has a, a really, you know, big respect for those folks and, you know, wanted to make sure that they were in, you know, good hands, regardless of him being there or not. He didn't want to leave them high and dry. Um, and, you know, of course, I, I mean, an opportunity like that doesn't, you know, come about too often. And not that it was Kyle's choice, but um, I know that, um, you know, it wasn't Kyle's choice on, on who went to the ride, but um, I know he wanted to at least make sure that he could, you know, make a suggestion for them. And I, I really appreciate him thinking of me for that. So, um, I mean, you know, I, I feel like it will be a, a pretty flawless transition for them. I hope, I mean, we've, we've got a little bit of a relationship there. Um, obviously not as a driver and a car owner, but as a crew member and, and a car owner between the Rosens and I, um, and we've always worked really well together. I think they're easy to get along with. And fortunately we, uh, we live fairly close to one another. So I'll be able to lend a hand to them when they need it. And, you know, hopefully we'll be, um, as successful as Kyle was with that combination. I mean, they've, they've been really fast for a lot of years now and, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a, it's an honor to be able to drive for them. Yeah, Blake, it's, it's not like they don't run a busy schedule. They field that car, um, pretty often throughout the summer. How is this going to have any effect, uh, you know, on what you're doing with your modified? Um, I mean, we're definitely going to tailor our modified schedule to what Stan and Judy are doing with their schedule. Um, we're, we're kind of waiting on CRA and, you know, the rest of the, the late model touring schedule to be posted yet. Um, but they, they've run a fairly consistent schedule, um, since I've been following them when, when Kyle was driving for them. So, uh, we kind of know what to expect. Um, you never know, there might be one or two races that get plugged in or drop out from their previous schedules, but, um, you know, we're, we're going to tailor our modified schedule to wh- whatever they're going to do. Um, and, you know, keep the 131 as, as priority number one. And, you know, really right now, um, our agreement is more that we, uh, you know, we'll take it race by race at the start of the year and make sure that we're a good mesh and we'll just, we'll go from there. So yeah, right now, I mean, priority one for me will be, you know, making sure that I'm, I'm doing what I need to for them, but, um, we're excited to modify the race this summer as well. You obviously made a home for yourself a little bit with the with the late model uh, at Berlin, and and that was kind of where you know you were running on a regular basis, and then you know you did you went down to Toledo and and did what you did there, and um, with this one thirty one car, is it going to be more of a, a homer car? Do you think, or is it going to still travel like we got used to seeing it do? Uh, I, I expect that we'll probably travel um, like they have in the past. That that's what it sounds like Stan plans to do currently, but. Um, you know, Berlin makes it, <laughs> makes it really appealing to go over there with, you know, their pay structure and, and their weekly format. So I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we wind up running, um, over there on a semi-regular basis, but we'll see. I mean, um, we don't want to wear ourselves out over there. We want to be ready for the big shows. And, um, you know, we'll just, like I said, we're going to take it race by race. I, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to go into it with fairly open expectations and just be ready for whatever we whatever the the group wants to do i think about a time when uh, the nascar cup series you know was was synonymous with uh, paint schemes and everybody knew who was in that race car and then right tony stewart jumps out of the 20 car and everybody goes who's who's in that home depot car now uh now i'm wondering kyle crump you're gonna have to race against this 131 machine um and what what are your feelings now uh, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, you and Blake are friends. You're happy that he gets this ride. Uh, but it, you have really, in my opinion, this 131 is on the map because of what you have been able to do with it, Kyle. Um, so talk to me about your feelings now, kind of letting that portion of your career go, letting that chapter close, and now knowing that you're opening this new chapter uh, and also you're going to have to race against that car and that program that you helped develop. 
Yeah, it definitely made my decision quite hard on my end. It was a, a lot of talking with family and friends and trying to make sure it's the right move. And, uh, yeah, it just ma- makes it harder when you look back on it and, you know, started driving for him in 2017. And then slowly, you know, together we built that program up and, you know, it kind of became a, a top five, top three kind of car anywhere we went, which was, you know, the, the goal. And uh, leave that behind is a, is a little difficult, you know, for a top tier quality ride. But, uh, you know, I'm just really thankful that they gave me the opportunity that they did. And, you know, it, it makes it really cool on my end to be able to pass it along to somebody like Blake and, uh, you know, hopefully see if he can continue what we were pulling off. And uh, that was uh, another thing we were joking about it in our group chats with Blake and a few of our friends, you know. Uh, just seeing him in the 131 or I'm going to be on the racetrack with the 131 car and uh, going to be pretty unique, pretty different, uh, but I think it'll be all really fun. I, I got to tell you, and, and Kyle, I know you don't need reminding of this, but Blake, maybe you do. Uh, Kyle, you barely got beat by a white number 50-something at Toledo Speedway uh, while you were in the 131 car. Is turnabout fair play now if you guys go back to the Glass City 200? Is it time for a white 50-something to beat that 131 car again? <laughs> I hope I hope so, but you never you never know. <laughs> uh, and Blake, of course, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about as well. When you snookered Kyle at the Glass City, uh, you got to be ready for that, my man. You got to look out. He's he's got something for yeah. you now. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm sure he'll be gunning for us, but that's all right. I uh, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely so, excited so- to take a shot at it it sounds like what i'm hearing is uh you know the the continuation for the 131 car is to be at premier events and the plan kyle is for the 50 car to be at premier events uh you guys are both obviously still friends you're both still sharing probably notes and technologies uh right if if i'm not mistaken right kyle that 50 car is a vrd is it not yeah Uh, another thing to add on about the 131 you know uh Maybe some of the other drivers won't know that I'm not in that anymore, so uh, Blake might have to watch out for a few feedback shots. I'm distracted. I know I'm a little bit, so a uh, little heads up there. So the question, but, uh, I guess, yeah. is will you guys, you guys will lean on each other probably almost like teammates maybe? I don't know. Is there going to be a little uh, you know, a little sharing of information, a little back and forth between you two? Yeah, so uh, uh, Johnny Van Dorn, I, I know he's not on social media much anymore or at all at times, but uh, – yeah, he's he's a big influence on all of this. So, uh, yeah, uh, between Stan and Judy, and then Bob Wheeler at Crosstown, like uh, a lot of information goes together at VRD to try to make our teams top tier. Because when you're competing against some of the larger teams down south, like Wilsons or Anthony Campy Racing, I mean, it, it it takes a full team to go run against those cars. Like you're not going to be able to do it individually. So that's kind of where all the note sharing will go. But uh, as far as racing on the racetrack, I'm gonna race Blake as as hard as I can, and uh, if I hit him, I, I feel bad for Stan and Judy, not Blake. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kyle, I don't think you're getting enough credit um, for for how good that 131 team has developed. If you don't destroy their race car at Berlin, you don't get a brand new one. You probably don't run second to Carson Hosevar in the Winchester 400, and off you go. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I think everything goes back to you. If you if you didn't bury that car in a wall at Berlin. You may may not be where you are right now, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's wild when you look back on stuff and how it unfolds, and you, what you think is a bad thing might actually be be good in the long run. So, well, and the other thing that's unique about Blake, this how, is how is this going to change things for you? I know, we, you know, we talk to a lot of drivers that, you know, when you when you drive for your own family team, sometimes you got to think 
other things into consideration. Um, how does this change your mindset when you put the helmet on? Um, it'll definitely be a big change. I mean, um, it'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, um, that I'm not calling the shots on all of that all at once. So, um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to give me a lot of opportunity at the racetrack to do things I haven't done in the past. Um, I mean, days at, at the racetrack with the, the super, the last couple of years have been really busy for myself. Um, you know, the second I would take my helmet off the race car, it was, you know, changing hats to, um, being a tire specialist or a, a crew chief or, you know, my own crew chief or my own tire guy or whatever. Um, just trying to keep up, um, with the folks we're racing against. So I, I always felt like I put myself at a little bit of a disadvantage in that aspect because a lot of the, a lot of the folks I was racing against got to come out of the race car and think about their, their duty as a driver. Right. Um, whereas I pretty much only had that opportunity when we were sitting on the grid, um, you know, whether it was sitting on the grid waiting to qualify or waiting to start the main. So um, I'm looking forward to being able to maybe take a step back from all the other roles and, you know, focus on my job as a driver um, and to be able to lean a little bit heavier on um, guys like Kyle or Johnny or Butch or any of the guys from Van Dorn. Um, Cause you know, I feel like we've had a really good working relationship there for years, but unfortunately haven't been in one of their race cars. So um, we just haven't been able to take full advantage of that. Right. Or, you know, work work as closely as we all really wanted to so i'm definitely looking forward to it um it'll be a, a challenge for me to probably sit back a little bit at the racetrack you know i'm obviously going to be lending a hand anywhere i can but i don't think i don't think my best um, position for the group will be to jump out and try to do a hundred other things at once like i have in the past so it'll probably be a little bit of a challenge to make that transition but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Are, do you think that's going to be, I mean, are you going to be okay with that? Because uh, we know some drivers who feel like they do better when they know that car inside and out. Uh, are you going to, is that going to be a hurdle for you to jump? To not know that, you know, the upper A-arm left-hand side bolt was tightened at so many foot-pounds. Uh, is that going to be okay with you? Yeah, I think I'll be all right. You know, like, um, like I had mentioned earlier, I'm pretty fortunate in the fact that I actually work right around the corner from um, Stan and Judy's house and where they house the race car. So um, I'll be able to, to spend some time over there and, and help them prepare the race car and go through it and things like that. Um, and, I, and I know that they bring a good race car, right? I, you know, it does kind of fall back again to the fact that I've been fortunate to be around them for a lot of years now as a crew guy. And, you know, they just, they don't miss much. They're, they're really, really smart, um, smart people and they do their best at it. And that's just about all you can ask for. Now, now, with Kyle's announcement, he promised us a schedule within a couple weeks. Um, so we're going to wait on that, and then Kyle's going to let us know. Right, Kyle? Yeah, if you want, <laughs> I, I I can give a little teasers. I know some races I'm running, but. <laughs> All right, well, let, let's let's start with that, Kyle, and then I'll get back to Blake because I want to kind of touch on his as well. But give it, give us a few that you know you're going to be you're locked into. Yeah, locked into be Icebreaker at Berlin, uh, Money in the Bank, Battle at Berlin, be at those races uh flinger uh redbud 400 winchester 400 the glass city 200 and then uh dabble in some jeg cra all-stars tour races with uh you know the shows at dixie and owasso so might hit those up if we got an open weekend or stuff but now i know that this is just a tease but i'm of course going to ask the question you mentioned the asa tour uh is that are there more events on that that you guys are maybe calculating the risk of running 
Yeah, we would, uh, with talking with Crosstown, we'd love to run the full schedule, but uh, with the way Crosstown operates, they, they own their own business, Crosstown Auto and Truck Parts, and it, the business is, is the is the crew for the race car as well. So ah. in order to, like, go down south and run those big races, they got to shut the shut the business down for a few days. And the business comes first, the racing comes second, because the racing is the fun part. But uh, So you kind of got to get the schedule figured out there and who can be running the business while we're gone and be the trooper who stays back. But uh, that is, uh, that's the tentative plan. So, Blake, now we, we heard some of those. Um, obviously, there's going to be some crossovers for you guys. But uh, do you know yet about some of the major events you guys are looking at? And when's your full schedule going to be released? Uh, full schedule, we're probably going to, like I said, we're going to wait a little bit and see what Stan and Judy are wanting to do. Um, so hopefully soon, um, kind of waiting on CRA there. And um, once that's out, I'm sure I'm sure we'll know fairly quickly. But, um, you know, roughly, I'm sure we're going to run. I know we're going to run Icebreaker. That's, that's our intention to start there. Um, and then we'll do the Money in the Bank and Battle at Berlin. Um, and you never know, we might dabble in one or two more there, just depending on how the summer's going. Um, I'm sure we'll do glass city again, which I'm extremely excited that that's going to be a 200 lap show for the templates this year. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, and then outside of that, I don't really know. I mean, I know that Stan really, uh, enjoys the Winchester 400 weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if we try to do that. Um, <laughs> that'd be my first start at Winchester and anything if we do. So <laughs> listen to the <laughs> voice, a, listen to the step. voice right there. Did you hear that? Oh man. It crackled a little bit. Winchester. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not afraid of the loud pedals. So it'll be all right. Um, that's pretty much what it takes to get around there from what I've seen, but now obviously, um, and uh, then it, that team is defending, other is not defending, but it's got a Red Bud Championship underneath of it as well. And and this is the intriguing part. And we talked about this a couple of years ago when Kyle won as a driver. Uh, you know, Blake Rowe, you have a Red Bud 400 Championship as a spotter, uh, but that doesn't, you know, that's not on the third turn. That's in nobody's stats. Uh, it's all about the driver. So, do you think you get mm-hmm. a shot at going down and putting your your name in the in the list? I mean, from what I see, you've never even started a Red Bud 400, so uh, that would be a big deal for you. No, I, uh, you know, I've run one race, well, almost one complete race at Anderson in a modified in 2017. Um, and we led just about flag to flag and then got wrecked out with four to go Ugh. while leading. Um, so that was a shame. That's my only ever start at Anderson, although I had a whole lot of fun doing it. Um, so Stan hasn't mentioned Red Bud. Um, I kind of hope that that just slipped, like slipped his mind when we were chatting roughly about schedules. Cause I would love to love to take a, a shot at it down there, but we'll see. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how we start the year. You know, um, it is going to be a learning curve for everybody. So, um, we'll see where that goes, but, well, I want to ask, um, yeah, I mean, I want to ask Kyle because last year when you guys went down there, that was a test session for you guys. You used the Redbud 400, uh, weekend really is, is more of a, a test run for your car. And, uh, you guys didn't really, you know, get on it very much at all because you guys were rebuilding uh so take us inside the locker room stan and judy rosen are they red bud 400 fans or does it take convincing from kyle crump to get them down there yeah it's kind of funny the first started in 17 with stan and judy and i didn't run the red bud until 2020 stan was uh not a fan of that race because you, you have to rehang <laughs> the whole body and stuff afterwards yeah. normally especially when i'm driving but uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, he took the gamble to take me down there. I believe it was 2020 when I – or maybe I won it. I won it in 21, but uh, it was actually 21. So it took him four years to finally let, let me get at it out, out there at Redbud. So uh, once he won it and, you know, got the got the big money, he's all game for going back. So, But 
Oh, there you go, Blake. All you got to do is go down there and win it on your first try, and uh, you'll get to go back. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blake, what, do you, what are the tracks that you are going to have? Well, so I, I'm assuming um, Toledo, Berlin, uh, yeah, as Kalamazoo, you mentioned. Kalamazoo, maybe. Uh, where where are you going to uh, – is that about the extent? Um, and then I don't know where else you've ran in a modified that would be on your schedule. Uh, when you say ran in a modified, are you thinking that we might do with the Super? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 at least you – are you going to see a bunch of new yeah. racetracks that you've never seen before? I think the only new racetrack uh, potentially that we'll see is Winchester. Um, otherwise, we've raced uh, we've raced a lot of racetracks with our modified stuff. So um, Flat Rock was one that he talked about doing, and I've never turned a lap at Flat Rock, but I noticed there was a lack of a CRA date on Flat Rock's schedule. So I don't know if they're waiting on CRA to announce or what, but um, if we wind up doing Flat Rock with the Super, um, like if that winds up getting added to their schedule and all that, then... Um, I would probably make the venture down there with my modified earlier in summer just to just to familiarize myself with the racetrack. But otherwise, I think Winchester is going to be my only new place. Well, you guys both know that I have a little bit of uh, inside information, and I don't think you're going to have to worry about seeing a CRA car at Flat Rock this year. Just okay. letting you know. So uh, I, I think there was some confusion going on, and, and it just didn't work out. Uh, but you do get 200 laps at Toledo, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. that'll be a ride. I'm looking forward to that. How much are you, I mean, uh, you, with this opportunity, you know, you mentioned you're going to fill around uh, the Stan and Judy Rosen schedule with the modified. Um, I mean, with your own equipment versus driving for somebody else, it's got to be hard to find a balance between <clears throat> what takes precedent because you want to be prepared with your own equipment when the time comes, but also you want to be ready to go for the Stan and Judy Rosen. And when you're taking that 131 car week by week, um, are you concerned at all about finding that balance between having your equipment ready to go at a, at, you know, at a, at a couple of weeks notice and being ready to drive for them when they decide they want to go? No, not necessarily. I mean, there might be a week or two or we wish we had a little more time to go with our modified, but honestly, the last couple of years, our, our modified program has taken a backseat to the late model stuff because I, I was housing and working on the super just like I was our modified and had a ton of energy into that trying to get better there so um you know now that we're stepping back from our in-house late model program for the uh, for next summer it's given me a really good opportunity to um try to build a better a better mousetrap for the modified races next summer um and i don't think we're gonna you know go wild with a modified schedule and, and wear our equipment out um there's there's obviously a couple really really big money races um in the state of michigan next summer that we're going to circle. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll do our best to make those races and then a couple of races at those racetracks, you know, leading up to those big shows just to, just to be prepared. So um, definitely going to put a focus on two big shows in particular, the, the racing for miracles, um, 21,000 to win show at Birch run and then the hot shoe at um, the fresh repaved Owasso. Um, those are our, our focus for the modified stuff. And then anything on top of that is great. I mean, I'd like to go back and do, the Toledo modified tour race, um, and the Berlin modified tour race. Um, those racetracks, we don't get to normally run with our modifieds. And I, I think they're a riot. So we'll see. I mean, you know, when I say we're taking it week by week, I think we'll have a pretty nailed down schedule. Once you know what's going on with Stan and Judy, but you know, if, if they call last minute and say, Hey, let's, let's go do X, Y, or Z, then that's what we're going to go do. Cause I, you know, I mean, more than anything, I want a template late model race. It's just quite honestly, 
the balance of what we can afford to do at a competitive level versus, you know, what we can't. So that's where our balance has been the last couple of years. And I'm looking forward to being able to focus a little bit on my modified stuff in house um, and do whatever I can to, to boost up Stan and Judy and, um, you know, make their program better if I can in any way, shape or form. Blake, a couple things. So obviously the, your, your house late model is probably not going to see the outside of the car cover uh, for 2023, I'm guessing. And um, t- tell me your thoughts on this. You brought it up. Two $20,000 races, modified races in the state of Michigan. Um, you don't see those across the country, much less here in the same state. That's That's got to be huge for, for you guys and, and the state. Yeah, I mean, I guess first, our our uh, late model that we've been running um, out of here, no, we're not, we don't have any intentions to race that next year. Um you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get rid of that. Uh, Mark Joslin, the guy that, that owns that stuff. Um, he's a really good family friend of ours. Um, we're trying to, to sell all that stuff off for him um, and regroup. And you never know, we're, we're trying to put another car together there. I definitely don't want to uh, stop that program or, you know, bring it to a screeching halt. I felt like we were heading in the right direction, um, especially with creating a, a new alliance with the Van Dorns through the 131 and, you know, the relationship we've got going there. Um, you know, I want to keep building on that. I know that they do as well. So you never know. I mean, we're kind of taking that day by day, but as far as the, the big modified racing goes next year, um, it's, it's huge. I mean, pound for pound at a kind of weekly level of racing in Michigan on asphalt anyways, the modifieds are where it's at next year. I mean, um, you know, Berlin's got a lot of really good stuff going for their template um, late model program. And that that's awesome to see as well. But um, yeah, I mean, a couple of, of shows North of $10,000 and, you know, $21,000 to win is huge for, you know, for kind of more of a hobbyist level racer for the most part. Right. I mean, they're, you know, you don't typically see big teams rolling with the modified stuff like you do with the super late model stuff. So it's impressive to see that they're getting the, the pays up there to that level. And I'm looking forward to it. Talking it'll, with both. it'll bring a uh, whole new level of competition. I'm sure talking with both Blake Rowe and Kyle Crump. Kyle Crump announced uh, right before the new year that he was stepping out of the 131 Stan and Judy Rosen machine, and uh, we heard through the grapevine that maybe Blake Rowe was stepping in, so that announcement becomes official tonight here on Horsepower Happenings. And uh, Kyle, back to you for the first time in a, a couple minutes here. You know the insides of that race team uh, so well now, inside and out. Um, and, and, you know, I think what you've done here is is you've given <clears throat> our late model program here in Michigan – another competitive driver and competitive team combo. Obviously, we know Blake can wheel the wheel the heck out of a super late model around Berlin and Toledo with wins there and good finishes there to back that up. Um, so, I mean, I guess stepping back as, as a friend of Blake's and as somebody who knows uh, that Stan and Judy Rosen team like you do, uh, I mean, do you have any uh, do you have any uh, foresight as to or any kind of maybe even expectations as to how you think they'll do, Kyle, uh, handing the keys over to Blake? Yeah, I, personally, I think they'll hit the ground running. And that, that was a big thing when I, I kind of mentioned Blake's name for Stan and Judy, because I knew they wanted to continue racing and kind of maybe see where their minds were at for who they were thinking as a driver, because I knew with being we worked with Blake for so long you always come to the track and help out with 131 that him stan and judy had a good working relationship and that's really big when it comes to late model teams and stuff so uh yeah i just couldn't really think of a a better fit honestly because you know blake 
as you said, he works right next door and Stan and Judy, you know, use some help in the shop and everything, get the car loaded up. Cause yeah, Stan and Judy are getting up there in age, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I thought it'd be a perfect fit. And then on top of that, you know, like one of my really close friends and, you know, being able to see him get to this level of super light model racing as well, you know, you can't really ask for much more than that. Talk about your expectations now that we kind of know what you are looking to do uh, with this Crosstown Motorsports team. Uh, what do you guys, I mean, do you have, have you sat down, have you wrote down the accomplishments that you want to tackle here in 2023 that, you know, at the end of October you look back and go, yep, we had a successful season. Do you know what those are yet? Uh, we haven't ironed anything too specific out. I know we're uh, we're going to have a team get together at a, at a go-kart track or something, go have some fun and, Hopefully not get kicked out, and then. Uh, <laughs> well, that's how you know you've schedule. had enough. That's how you know you've had the appropriate amount of fun is when you get asked to leave. <laughs> exactly, and uh, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a nice sit down at dinner or something, and kind of lay out like what we need to be doing in 2023 to make it a, as successful as we need it to be, and uh, all eyes on the snowball derby if everything goes well. So. Okay. Wow. And and what about you as a driver, Kyle? I mean, heading into this team meeting, do you have some things that you bring to the team and say, you know, I want to win, you know, I want to for sure win money in the bank. I want to for sure go down and, and, you know, finish top five in the red bud and things of that nature. Do you bring some of those expectations to the table? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I bring certain expectations, but uh, I feel like I'm definitely known like between me and Johnny Van Dorn, who crew chiefs everything, we're probably two of the most competitive people you ever meet. I mean, find us playing cornhole at the ho- outside the hotel room every race weekend trying to win. But uh, just, you know, we want to make sure everything's perfect for every race. So kind of taking a little time off between the big shows, make sure everything, all our ducks are in a row, have everything we need for backup, and make sure when we're going to the racetrack, we're going to the racetrack right, and we have no excuses if we don't perform. And Blake, I'll kind of piggyback that to you. Have you had a chance? I know this is all very fresh and very new. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to Stan and Judy about expectations? And do you have some that you've already put in your own head uh, of what you'd like to be able to accomplish with that car? And, and I guess the third question to that is how you manage those after watching how successful Kyle was. Um, I mean, no, Stan and Judy and I haven't um, sat down and, and really ironed anything out yet either. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely planning to get together sooner. Um, rather than later once they they get back home they they travel out of state for the off season and uh skip the snow and all that which is good for them they can uh recover from the long summer and all that so um once they get back home you know i know we're planning to get together and uh stan stan kind of wants to work some together in the garage a little bit uh just getting the race car ready and you know kind of familiarize ourselves uh with one another a little more than we've had the opportunity to in the past which i'm looking forward to that um and, uh, I mean, as a driver, I, I want to win. I mean, you know, I, I want to run as well as we can um, every week. I, I know that I'm going to have some fairly steep learning curves at, at some of the big shows. But, um, you know, I think when we go to Berlin and Toledo especially, I, I circle those races as places that I don't feel like I have to show up as a driver and, you know, climb a mountain to, to get where everybody else is at. Um, and I, I look at the 131 equipment as a real step up from where we've been in the past. Um, So, you know, I I don't want to set my expectations too high and disappoint myself or others, but, you know, I I really hope that we can, can have some runs that at the end of the summer we're, you know, we're really proud of. And I mean, more than anything, if we can finish the summer without tearing a race car up or or multiple race cars up, um, 
that that'll be a really great start and, and we can build off of that in the future. I mean, these things, um, these things don't happen overnight. And, uh, you know, you kind of look at the progression it took for Kyle in the 131 to, um, climb the ladder to be really a top tier late model team. Um, I think I, I'll get to skip a little bit of that just because they built such a great notebook, but you know, there's going to be a learning curve for myself as well. So, um, you know, <laughs> if we could, if we could run up front or, or potentially win a, a show or two at, at race tracks that I know, I mean, I'd be absolutely ecstatic at the end of the summer. Blake, and it's got to not, not hurt your feelings if you end up having to have Butcher Johnny calling the shots on the box for a race or two throughout the summer. That's got to be a plus for you as well. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, I kind of look back, you know, years and years ago when I was crewing for, like, Michael Clancy um, back, way back in the Jegs days when he was um, doing some of that stuff. And I, I idolize, I mean, I still do idolize Butch and Johnny as, you know, kind of the, the Michigan short track guys, right? Like, you know, they're at the top of their game. They've been at the top of their game for a long time. Um, you know, really personable guys that, you know, have, have such a great reputation as, as people and as racers. And, you know, the fact that they kind of look to, you know, Kyle and I and, and, you know, task us to drive their race cars um, is, something that I, I don't know that I ever would have dreamt up, but I, I'm just going to do my best to soak it all in. And, you know, hopefully I get the opportunity to work with one of those two guys a couple times or, or more throughout the summer. I'm definitely hoping we'll see. Blake Rowe, Kyle Crump, uh, two drivers, two friends, and now going to be two competitors on a regular basis going head to head. So when you see that red number one, is it still going to be red number one thirty one? Blake? Is that what we expect to still see on the racetrack? Yeah, I, I, would imagine so i uh, i remember watching the, the red and yellow 131 years and years and years ago at lor um when we were modified racing down there and it was the exact same paint scheme and kyle you would probably know who who drove before you it was nick something or another um nick Galata, yeah, right? nick Galata. yeah i i believe it was nick driving at that point and the car looked identical otherwise so i'm, I'm sure the scheme's probably going to stay the same I hope it does. I mean, it's it's kind of iconic um, yeah. in the Midwest at this point. So I want to I want to get a pool with all four of us together and see if Kyle uh, see if Kyle, they think Kyle's going to walk to the wrong pit the first night. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, gentlemen, uh, Blake Rowe, one thirty-one this year. Kyle Crump, fifty, number fifty, Crosstown Motorsports team. Uh, you guys are going to get a chance to battle on the racetrack. It sounds like quite a bit this season, and uh, you both got to be pumped for that opportunity as friends, as competitors, and you're both in stellar equipment. Uh, this could be a situation where you two might might have an opportunity to really kind of rule the roost together. Uh, you might be a dangerous duo here in 2023. Yeah, fingers uh, crossed. <laughs> the plan <laughs> <laughs> cool gentlemen well hey best of luck in 2023 rich i don't know about you i'm looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds we know blake's talented behind the wheel of his own equipment and if you can make your home your home stuff win getting into something else that's a proven winner is uh, usually a cakewalk and and uh, of course kyle we know that you're going to do great things with that crosstown motorsports team as you've already started doing so looking forward to seeing what uh, both of you gentlemen can accomplish here in 2023 blake kyle thank you so much for joining us and uh, good luck next year yeah thank you guys yeah thank you guys very much for having us Good stuff uh, out of those gentlemen, Rich. And, uh, you know, it was laughs and it was uh, back and forth and it was hee-hee-ha-ha right there. But, uh, you know, there's no no two ways about it. 
once those guys get on the racetrack, uh, they're going to lean on each other and uh, they're going to use each other up if they need to to get a win. You know, the, Kyle mentioned that in his interview uh, that, you know, they had to hang a new body on, on that 131 car after Redbud. Uh, probably because mostly because of him, and uh, you know, there. I think I think when you're friends with somebody, you race them a little bit harder anyhow because there's that competitive bragging right edge uh, that you want to have over your friends. So I don't know. I think that what this did, I kind of mentioned in the interview. I want your take on it. I think this just set up another powerhouse late model team in our region. We'll obviously have to see. Blake has a little bit of a little bit of proving himself to do, but I think that there may be another powerhouse team coming out of Michigan. Well, I think they both can handle any kind of race car they sit in. That doesn't concern me at all. But I think, um, you know, Kyle's had some experience now. Obviously, it's not his first season uh, with Crosstown Motorsports. But And Blake has a little bit of experience knowing Stan and Judy. I'm sure that helps. But, uh, you know, finding out what, what that race car likes, what he likes in that race car, that'll be a little bit different. And we'll have to see, you know, do they change a little bit of that car for him? Or does he have to change a little bit the way they set the car up for it to be fast? We'll have to see. So a little bit, little bit more of a learning curve, I think, for Blake, but he can sure handle it. And a little less of a learning curve for Kyle with the Crosstown. Yeah, I just wonder, excuse me, do they even need to change the seat? Uh, or is Blake just going to, you know, those guys are similarly built. Blake just going to slide right in and uh, keep right on trucking. So uh, who knows? I, I think it'll be a seamless transition, as we mentioned in the interview. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what becomes of it here in 2023. All right, let's move on to another segment of tonight's show. Uh, we meant to do this last week at our year review, uh, but it just didn't happen. We had so much other stuff to talk about. We didn't get a chance to get to Gary Did you know? Yeah, and, uh, you know, we had some guys get close, Zach. <laughs> really close. All right. Um, we had a lot of action on this one, and I, I couldn't believe it. And um, we may have a – I don't know, but we may have a little bit of controversy. We'll have to wait and oh, see. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to ask Gary the next time he's on with us uh, for the next for the ne- for January's questions. But let's get it going. Question number one: uh, Who drives the Oz car? No, I was. I'm out to lunch. I had no idea. Okay. Well, this was where a little bit of the controversy came in. So we had several people um, say that it was Chris Ozanich, and uh, even Tony Pastorino said, "I own the Oz car now. It was driven by my good friend Chris Ozanich." But that is not who Gary said drove it. All right. So, so Gary, Gary, and after the show, or during the show, on the show, if you want to go back a couple weeks, Gary explained why he did that. Uh, but it was Cord Earhart. Cord Earhart was who Gary said, and um, and he even explained to us how it became the Oz car. So I, I don't know that anybody did guess guess Cord Earhart. Most everybody picked Chris Ozanich for on that. Um, so close, but no cigar question number two. Uh, and some people got this right. What beer company sponsored Jack Goodwin and Mickey Catlin? No clue. Well, if you're from the Michigan area, it kind of probably narrows it down. So it'd have to be a hometown beer. Stroh's Stroh's beer would be it. And we had several people, uh, AJ Bunch got that one, right? Uh, Marty Bloom got that one right as well. So uh, let's go to question number three. This Midwest figure eight driver would be good in a demo derby. Now, uh, Gary expected big things out of you for this question. I know I've heard of this gentleman. Yes, okay. I have. <laughs> I, I, I've heard of it. Uh, nobody got it. Uh, everybody that guessed didn't have it. But the answer is Leonard 
Basham. 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 Demo Derby. That Basham. I like it. See, that's Gary's play with words. I like it. Okay. So question number four, the final question. This well-known sprint car driver started in modifieds with the number XX. Nothing. And uh, we had, we had a couple people get this right as well. AJ Bunch as well and Marty Bloom both got this right, and it was Benny Rapp. Benny Rapp. All right. Drove the double X. There was so some... another another very popular Gary. Did you know? Yeah, there were some people and... that were on top of that one, weren't they? Yeah. Yep. So we'll have Barry get Barry Gary back in a couple of weeks uh, for his January quiz, and we'll have to get some clarification on that uh, Oscar question as well. Yep. Yep. We'll have to ask him if he knows that. Hmm. All right. Good stuff. Uh, appreciate everybody taking a swing at the answers on the Facebook page, and of course, we always appreciate Gary uh, putting that segment together with Gary. Did you know? Uh, One thing coming up is uh, we have some more racing that we're going to keep an eye on. Chili Bowl Nationals, Rich, January 9th through the 14th from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, My Flow subscription, I've been on it. I've been watching some of the uh, driller stuff over the past couple of weekends. Um, Will I get a written suspension at work for watching the Chili Bowl Nationals? I think there's a first time for everything. And, uh, (laughs) you know, why not? New year, new me. Uh, let's get it done. So uh, that'll be pretty cool. And then uh, an event that we're still looking to see what uh, we may be part of this coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, January 27th and 28th, the Speed Fest 2023 at Chris Motorsports Park in Cordell, Georgia. It's the ASA CRA Super Series going 100 laps and the ASA JEG CRA All-Stars Tour. Did I get them both right, Zach? I think you did. For the first time, I think I did, let's right? Go. 100 laps for that group. Uh, along, they'll have a 50-lap outlaw southern outlaw feature event um so yeah we're waiting to see what's going on with champion racing association so but uh friday and saturday january 27th and 28th down in cordial looking forward to that and then uh also coming up this week if you uh, are a fan of the hammerdown racing report our friends scott hammer and uh, ron miller they have cordially invited us and some other podcasters to join them for their year in review and we'll be a part of that show seven o'clock thursday uh, over on their platform so go check them out with the hammerdown racing report uh, again they're just based out of now this is the only thing rich they're in ohio so i mean they don't have anything to talk about this weekend either okay? yeah. so it should be a con- it should be a- there shouldn't be anybody giving anybody a hard time okay that's right michigan made sure they were going to win that game early that- ohio state decided to lose it was with, with- with, uh, as with the ball dro- as the ball dropped, yeah. they lost that yeah. game. So yeah, exactly. Well, anyhow, uh, we'll do that on Thursday. Thanks to uh, Scott and Ron for the invites, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, being a part of that next week as well. That's going to do it. Uh, thanks again to Blake and Kyle for joining us on the show tonight, and uh, Rich, of course, always thank you so much for what you do for for Horsepower Happening. Scott Miller who pays the bills. I'm Zach Heiser. Happy New Year! Thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you same time, same place next year, next week, right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.